Let me tell you a little something about the chronic gals. Just two best buds and they're very best pals. Talking about cannabis, that good, that tree. So grab a joint and just fuck with me. Hey! I'm your host, Ashleen. And I'm Riley. And we're here to talk pot. Yeah, we are. That was a throwback intro. We haven't done that Oh, I love that. Talk pot. We're talking pot. And today is exciting because we have a really great conversation with Tara Pitchford. She's back. And not only do we just, not only do we talk pot today, but we talk Vape Gate 2019. Have you guys been paying attention to all of the crazy vaping stuff happening in the news? It's crazy. Have you read dying? Um, I mean, I read the headlines, Mm -hmm. so I get the gist of everything. Yeah. (laughs) But I am definitely uninformed and uneducated about it. I know it's bad. I know people are dying. I know that there's weird shit going into our vape cartridges. Mm-hmm. Um, that nobody knows anything about. Yeah, that's really all I know about it. Yeah. Well, so, it's been one of those stressors at work where everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, we gotta pull the vapes," yeah, you know. I and, bet. Uh, yeah, it's been a whole thing. But it was really nice sitting down with Tara so we could talk mm-hmm. it through. She is so incredibly knowledgeable about She's it. She's so smart. She... And articulate. Yeah. Well, I was going to go into it, but I'll let you tell her because she can do it way better than I can. Yeah. If um, you guys haven't listened to her first episode, episode five, um, go back and listen to it and learn about who she is and she's awesome. her fun stories about weed and her own relationship with it. Um, but for now, buckle in for a super educational episode. Yeah, what are we going to smoke this episode? Oh, about? yeah. What's on the table? What? What's on the table? We got Ghosts and Ghouls by Freddie Fuego. So appropriate for this um, season. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Um, Redheaded Stranger. We got Redheaded Stranger by Doc and Yeti. An old favorite. That's a good old. Um, that's really about it. We got Cedar <laughs> also on the table, so mm-hmm. we'll be ripping her. Awesome. Throughout. So grab a grab a joint, grab your bong. Grab some water. Grab some water. Sesh wow. Sesh with us. <laughs> and and get ready to get stoned. Information stoned. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi! Welcome oh. to Chronic Gals. I was looking away from the microphone when I said hello. Oh my gosh. Hi, I'm Ashleen. I'm Riley. And we're here with our friend Tara Pitchford. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the show. Thanks for having me back. We always love hanging out with you. Always a pleasure to visit in the house. bitch. <laughs> um, we wanted to ask you back because we wanted to talk about this whole vaping thing that's going Vape on. Vapocalypse 2019. Vape I like that. And I know we've had conversations just in life about it, so I thought it would be really fun to talk about it here. And educate together. the people. Educate the people. Yeah. It's all, especially with like this whole consumer thing. It's all about education. Mm-hmm. So it's such a complicated issue too because there's so many mm-hmm. pieces of it. Right. That yeah. it's good to unpack it sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And with politics, everything is just seems so convoluted to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. always good to dig in a little bit. Dig in. And Tara did some research. 
that influenced the local, or not the local, but the state, state government, the state decision. I mean, I don't know for sure that it influenced. I, I feel like it say did, that it did. But I feel like the language <laughs> was awfully similar in the executive yeah. order, not in the executive order, but in the proposal from the Board of Health as to what was in your report. Yeah. Hmm. From but this third-party standpoint, <laughs> I yeah. feel like you definitely was spearheaded that whole thing. So, we'll, we'll see. Because it's still only temporary right now, which yeah. is another confusing piece of the whole situation. So, yeah. um, well, let's back up and start at the beginning. Skirt, 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 skirt. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so vaping has been in the news for co- putting a lot of people in the hospital. And there's been a lot of really mixed reports about is it um, the is it the THC in the cartridges? Is it because people are getting them on the black market and the black market cartridges are being thinned out with something poisonous? Is it be from the natural, not the natural flavorings, but the flavorings that are put into cartridges? Like, what is happening? And even, like, e-cig, like, the definition of an e-cigarette and what vaping is and then going from, like, non-THC like, does it encompass everything, right? Like, yes. Like, nicotine-based mm-hmm. vaping products and THC Correct. vaping products, right? So, I think that it's important to lay the foundation that there's really two sort of separate issues that are happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And one is the increased popularity of e-cigarettes and the nicotine juices, which those are essentially all flavored. Like Mm -hmm. there's very little piece, like 1% of the market that sells tobacco flavored e-cigarettes. The rest of them are, you know, fruity flavors and blends and stuff like that. Birthday cake. Those right. like really crazy ones. Yeah, and a yeah, lot of them. Yeah, and a lot of them don't even have nicotine in it. A lot of people are just vaping just to vape because they like to play with the clouds, which mm-hmm. is really cool. People get really talented. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, but yeah, but yes. Yeah, so this is so there's hard. that um, piece of it that um, those sort of things are increasing the number of youth that are using nicotine products because it's a new fun technological thing um, that a lot of folks are uh, or a lot of youth are getting interested in. Um, I have a friend who is a teacher and worked at um, one of the local middle schools for 20 years and she has a daughter that goes to that school now and her daughter told her she couldn't um, go to the bathroom all day at school because all the kids in this middle school they're just vaping in the bathroom oh my god and so she's trying to avoid it and it seems like such a a big change because that's not something that That is so weird we really had to deal with since the 80s when people were smoking their cigarettes in the bathrooms at school yeah um but yeah so a a big increase of kids using the e-cigarette nicotine um products is one piece of the puzzle that's Mm -hmm. happening the second piece is that more recently within the last few months Um, There have been a lot of cases reported of vape-related illnesses, Um, and so there has been research into exactly what is causing the vape-related illnesses. Uh, It's something with lungs not being able to absorb oxygen, which can be really bad for you, um, and Mm -hmm. if not terminal, and there have been some folks um, that have lost their life because of it. And the, there's no solid research right now uh, that proves the cause of any of this. Uh, there's a lot of speculation. Some of the ideas 
that people are throwing around, like you mentioned, um, are things that are in the vape cartridges. More recently, it does seem, though, that the folks who um, have been getting sick have been using THC cartridges. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it kind of all got lumped together. Um, All these things started building and building and building to where... Uh, A couple weeks ago, uh, the governor of Washington announced an executive order that he was essentially going to propose the ban of all flavors. And because of the way that the law works in Washington, the governor himself couldn't just get up and write an executive order and ban flavors. So what he did is he directed uh, the Department of Health for the state of Washington to make a decision at their next board meeting and then also directed the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board to work closely with them to enforce whatever new rules they come up with or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So two separate issues, two separate industries Mm -hmm. sort of trying to... um, you know, the effort was to blanket both of them yeah. um, and put a, a temporary stop on the sale of a majority of vape products to figure out what's going on until we can take next steps. Mm-hmm. So the governor announced his executive order, and then the next week the Department of Health clarified the executive order, and they introduced some rules related to vape products. And then um, later in the week, the Liquor and Cannabis Board um, then released their rules that were related to vape products. And so as it stands right now, what they determined is that uh, there's flavors are just banned completely. uh, And there's a lot of controversy over what the definition of flavor is, right? Mm. The same thing happened in Oregon. The Kate Brown, Governor Kate Brown in Oregon did the same thing, but I don't think that she had to do the whole thing with the Department of Health. I don't think she had to... I think she was able to just say, kind of bring the hammer down and say, ban on all flavors. Mm -hmm. I guess they they did that on a Friday, and then by Monday, they had to have all of these meetings and kind of backpedals and say, okay, well, what is the definition of a flavor? Right. And so there's kind of that going on in Oregon as well. Right. And because there's so many moving pieces. So it seems pretty obvious. And from here on out, I think that um, just to clarify, we're going to probably be talking about the THC portion of it more so. Um, So on the, the cannabis side with the cartridges, when you're talking about flavor, folks pretty much assume that when flavors are banned, like you're not going to get your birthday cake or your cotton candy, things like that. Um, and that was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of folks don't understand, including the regulators, the retailers, the consumers, and even some of the producers and processors, is that when you um, have certain vape products or during the manufacture of certain vape products, the flavor, which is the terpenes, as we know, because we're good scientific stoners, <laughs> those get burned off or lost during the process. And so there are companies that add terpenes or blends of terpenes or blends of some sort of liquid containing terpenes to sort of add that signature weed flavor back in, right? Mm-hmm. So that is a piece that I think that at first the regulators weren't really thinking about and that was a main source of confusion through the whole process um so can we talk about a little bit about that a little bit more um just how 
there are different kinds of terpenes as well. Terpenes come from different places. Right. There are synthetically derived terpenes that have been, you know, made in the lab. There are botanically derived terpenes that come from flowers, herbs, fruits, that come from living botanical things. And then there are cannabis-derived terpenes that are actually taken from the cannabis plant. So we have a, <laughs> we have a few different ways you can get terpenes. Right. So... <laughs> uh, terpene itself is a hydrocarbon molecule that if you were to look into it, you know, scientifically, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the difference on a molecular level between a terpene that is derived from, um, say, the rind of a lemon versus mm -hmm. um, a terpene that was derived from a cannabis plant. And so the confusion and the argument there was, well, if it, you know, is molecularly the same thing, then what's the big deal about using it? Uh, and there's a few different things that we have to talk about when we're considering that. One of them is that most of these companies on the market that are at our trade shows for the cannabis industry and are in our industry associations and are trying to become an ancillary business to the cannabis business, um, they source these terpene isolates from all over the world and then they take a strain profile for actual, let's say, like a OG Kush. Mm -hmm. um, they'll take the strain profile from OG Kush, see what concentrations of terpenes naturally exist in that cannabis plant. So how much myrcene or how much pinene, you right. know, and, and what of all of these different What the ratios are, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So then they can take um, the terpenes that are derived from other plants and sort of remix them together in those same ratios to mimic the smell and taste then of a cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to tell from just, you know, taking a hit of a vape and it really can taste like, you know, your favorite strain, even if right. the flavor didn't come from a cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the trouble with that that concerns me as somebody in the industry is in 502 in the legal cannabis space, we're highly regulated, mostly with safety in mind. We have seed to sale tracking. We have um, testing, some testing that we have to do with the state for potency. There are pesticides that are illegal. Um, and there are things that we're expected to do and keep track of as a licensed uh, Washington cannabis mm -hmm. operation. Mm -hmm. The terpenes that are being then added back in, in these blends, are not part of that regulated system. And so they could have terpene from a lemon rind grown in Argentina under we don't know what sort of growing practices or what sort of, mm -hmm. you know, anything. And so that's worrisome in itself. The other piece that I don't think a lot of people understand is um, when these blends are being made up, when you're taking your myrcene and your they carry off and you're putting them back together, then a lot of most of these blends have a high volume of quote other liquids. Mm -hmm. um, and because of the nature of the industry and as it exists right now, um, these companies have been able to keep those other liquids trade secrets, proprietary information, 
it's not listed on their material safety data sheets what the full so molecular weight of these substances are. Yeah. Uh, and so that is also worrisome yes. because we don't actually know everything that's in these blends. Right. Speaking of the MSDS sheets, though, too, um, Google terpene blend find one of the more reputable the bigger companies they will have material safety data sheets for their chemicals which is a pretty common um practice it's like a osha requirement for folks who make different types of hazardous chemicals to Mm -hmm. have safety sheets drawn up that tell you all of the hazards all of the handling instructions all of the approved uses for certain chemicals and chemical blends so that you're well equipped to use them in the right way and taking a look and researching these material safety data sheets you'll see over and over again from company to company to company that their blends that are being added to vape products are have warnings against being inhaled. They're an aspiration hazard um, and they have warnings that say this is not a product that's meant for inhalation at any concentration. That's so scary. That is so scary. (laughs) I would agree. (laughs) That's so, like, one, you don't know what is the, like, exact thing that is, like, the exact thing that's going into this your carrier like yeah, yeah. It's going into your cartridge and then it's not even like clear to breathe in at any like any rate or come but like and then it's getting heated on top of that so that right. itself is getting changing its molecular structure yeah. wow that is so freaking right. <laughs> i feel like a lot of us that um are avid cannabis consumers appreciate the natural aspect of it. Yeah, and so absolutely. I feel like a lot of the consumers that I know personally don't understand a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important to talk about it and, and educate folks so that they know what they're really smoking. Absolutely. Especially, yeah. Especially when the cartridge is super easy and it's really convenient. Mm-hmm. And, like, and yeah, it that's, tastes so good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like when they've added all of these different terpenes and flavorings in, they just taste awesome. Yeah. So you want to keep smoking it. But now, you know, but, but if you're smoking it in yeah. such a high concentration, something that you shouldn't be inhaling, yikes, that is that is scary. That yeah. is scary. Another piece that we can consider or we should consider when um, talk having this conversation is there's a lot of different ways to make cannabis oil right Mm -hmm. um you know bho pho ice hash co2 all those different um methods plus more some of them which happen to be the ones that tend to produce the highest potency oils or um do the highest volume of manufacture Mm -hmm. um for the cheapest amount they will pull the cannabinoids out of the material um but likely leave the least amount of natural terpenes behind. So the cheaper methods of production are what essentially are causing this issue to exist. Mm. So imagine that situation where you have, you know, maybe an oil or a distillate that's like 95% THC or something crazy high like that. Um, It probably doesn't have any flavor left in it at that point. Um, And so 
these companies will then be mixing terpene blends back into the oil to reintroduce it. And during that process, also think about the consistency of the oil. The terpenes are really liquidy. Um, they're not viscous at all. Um, and so it dilutes the consistency of the oil at that point. It sends it out. Right. That's not something that consumers necessarily appreciate. It smokes quicker, it seems like it at least. And, mm. um, you know, even though you're ingesting that same amount of THC, it's less right. hits and it's not, yeah. Right. But, mm. so, so these companies that are um, selling the terpene blends to combat this, they have other lines of products that they're selling that are flavorless, that are meant just to alter the consistency of your oil. So... There's thinning agents, there's thickening agents, they're just different consistencies. Interesting. Most of the contents of those are completely proprietary trade secret. People want to say, this is so fine, I say, use it, yeah. but we're not really going to tell you what it is. Yeah. I feel like this could be compared to, like, you have an apple, you have an a- apple orchard, and for centuries and centuries, it was organic. And then your new technological farmer comes in and is like, I have this really cool, like, fertilizer. It's natural. Don't worry about it. Sprays it on. Gets really good apples. But then you're like, what is in this apple? Like, why is it a super apple? Yeah. You really don't. You know, like, yeah. what is it actually going into this apple? Right. Right. So, yeah, like, you're just adding more weird things into the already kind of weird thing. I want to say that I appreciate that you made that side-by-side comparison and analogy of something that you're going to eat because yeah. I do that, too. And I personally think that it's a lot more relevant because we have to think about where mm-hmm. our food comes from exactly. and what's being used for that. And I feel like it's a tendency of you know folks in the cannabis industry to go straight to making an alcohol comparison yeah and true there's so many differences yeah exactly. an apple tree sounds like a way yeah like <laughs> isn't that one of the apple the like foods that you want to make sure that are like super organic because of the skin is. thing you yeah, know the skin is thin yeah i think you're right clean five or clean eight well i think there's I don't yeah know. oh my I don't yeah, see. So, yeah. No, what you're talking about is this yeah. list of fruits and vegetables that you absolutely should get organic because you don't peel the skin usually. You just like you pop them in your mouth, like yeah. strawberries, I think, or yeah. worms and other berries. Otherwise, so you're not getting the best. Yeah, right. We should right because it gets ingested. Exactly, and just like we ingest it in like high heat yeah. weight, mm-hmm. high concentration. Yeah, yeah, and like that. Is just like I don't know. I just think of like when I don't. I'm thinking back to Gareth's episode where he talks about the fertilizers that can go on into cannabis, and like you're then you're just smoking the fertilizer. Right. So right. now we're just smoking this weird, random. Yeah. Who knows sure what chemical? Yeah, exactly. Chemical yeah. in our vape pens at super high con, like super high heat. Right. Right. Oh God. Right. So then, but not everybody is using synthetic or botanical terpenes. Not everybody right. is using or even using a third party to source their terpenes. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about using cannabis, like actual cannabis plant derived terpenes in vape cartridges and what the difference is there? Right. So there's a few different ways that a company could go about still having a vape cartridge on the market and with the current regulations, which we should know that. 
it's a temporary ban. It's only going to be in effect for 120 days, mm -hmm. given this decision from the Department of Health and the Liquor and Cannabis Board, because the governor um, then has to task the state legislature with addressing it when they go back into session um, this January. And then our legislators will be, you know, codifying and writing into policy exactly what the uh, long-term resolution for this whole situation will be. Mm -hmm. um, so the ban how, as it exists right now, you could be using an extraction method like a rosin press, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, there's no additives in that. There's no solvents even. You're no solvents, solvents, anything like that. Okay, yeah, that's rosin weird. press, is that with heat or without heat? Or does it matter? Will you explain? You that can do to it. Me? You can do it either way. I think most of them use heat, um, but it's like a, a heated and like press. pressurized press. Yeah, two metal pieces pressing weed together. But then again, oil. You're thinking about that's more of like a dabbable concentrate. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily right the consistency yeah, right. of a vape cartridge. Right. Um, the company that I work for, Landry's Brands, we do um, CO2 extraction, and so there we actually have two lines of cartridges that were um, our only two lines of cartridges were not affected by the new regulations whatsoever because we have been committed to respecting the true power of the plant and trying mm -hmm. to stay as natural as possible since our inception. Um, so for one of our lines, we do a CO2 oil where we don't take any of the terpenes out. We don't lose any of the terpenes. The parameters of the extraction method allow for us to um, pull the cannabinoids and the same ratio of terpenes that exists in the original plant. Uh, so that's a, a yummy product. It tastes like if you were going to smoke a bowl essentially. So it's like saying the convenience nice. of a flower, but in a cartridge. Nice. The thing that some consumers have um, concerns with or pointed out, or it doesn't work for them, is that in order for that method to work, mm -hmm. those cartridges don't have the highest potency on the shelf. Mm -hmm. The way that you get the higher potency is using in different types of extraction methods. And the way that we've chosen to do it um, is we have a short path distillate setup. So we do our high potency distillate. And then we use the same CO2 machines that we make the HTFSE with. And we pull just the terpenes out of the flower. Um, a little bit of the cannabinoids come through too, uh, but we mainly just try to focus on pulling just that fraction of terpenes, and then we set them aside. We'll run the rest of the material to extract the cannabinoids out of it. Eventually, it gets uh, you know put through the short path distillation to get that higher you know in the 90s potency that people like to see on the shelf, and then we're able to use those terpenes then to incorporate back in with the distillate. So you kind of get the best of both worlds with the high potency and the real authentic natural cannabis flavor. That's so cool. That. And not a lot of people are doing this. This is you guys, right? Right. In Washington. I don't know about anywhere else, but... There, I, I, there's some folks that do. I have a feeling a lot more are going to me <laughs> yes. at this point. It, it's quite an investment, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes through because um, the machinery that we have that is able to, um, you know, manufacture these types of fractions is 
quite a financial investment. And so I think that um, that's probably why we see a lot more of the other methods is because it's less of a capital mm-hmm. investment to get a BHO operation up and running than it is to get a CO2 operation up and running. So um, it'll be interesting to see what folks decide to do Mm -hmm. uh, in this process. And I'm sure that other people have other ways of doing it. And as the regulation exists right now, as long as the terpenes were from the 502 market, then you could use them. So theoretically, somebody could just be selling their terpenes to other producer processors. Oh, so it's a new market, oh. new product line. I think wow. people have been doing it, but it's definitely going to be revitalized. Yeah. <laughs> cool. At this point, um, I'm not sure if that's something that you know the company I work for we're going to be doing because we have our cartridges that we're pretty proud of, and yeah. so um, we pretty much need all of our terpenes for our cartridges. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's other companies that have other specialties and operations. I think we'll see start seeing that a lot more well this whole vaping issue ban whatever has been a big headache and kind of frustrating to listen to but like as I hear you talking and as we're like sitting here thinking about it I feel like this is just forcing the industry to become Mm -hmm. even better yeah you know what I mean like now if we're all using cannabis drive terpenes and you know we forced the market to Mm -hmm make the other chopping co- companies be honest with what they're using right if they want to be part of this market you know, we're such a really cool. young industry that the regulators can't necessarily can't keep up with what we're doing and what's going on and all the new things and the new you know technology and processes that exist so it's going to be really important for us as folks in the industry to re- remain full of integrity Mm -hmm. um, to be, you know, thinking about the end consumer as we are going about trying to grow our businesses. Because if we do that together and if we self-regulate as an industry, then what we're really doing is setting Washington up. So think about on a national or even a global scale right now. Mm -hmm. There are so few places where cannabis is actually legal, where it's actually legal for me to go to work at a laboratory every day where we're running pounds of cannabis through Mm -hmm. machinery. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're in a really great position in Washington to be learning about the science as we're doing that Mm -hmm. and learning about the processes and seeing what we can come up with and what sort of products we can offer as the legalization expands if we do really well here in Washington, I'm talking about everybody in Washington, Mm -hmm. then that sets us all up together Mm -hmm. to help be successful when that expansion does take place. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's a positive piece of it. Fascinating. It sets a model. I feel like with the new green industry, you know, it's like you have the opportunity to start the right way like you don't have like you have years and years of other industries to learn from and if you just start doing things the right way and ethically and like thoughtfully Mm -hmm. then you just start out better and you don't have to like redo all of the bad things like if you already know that you're adding shitty terpenes (laughs) or whatever like shitty shit into your things like you know at some point that can only last so long Right. So if you just start 
thoughtfully and do things the right way, you know? Yeah. So then it's really up to the consumer to, like, elevate. To drive that. Yeah, yeah, and make that happen, right? Like, what can people people do? What's, What's something... What's some action we can take? Honestly, the first thing that we didn't really talk about um, yet is all these new rules came down, but the piece that they're working on um, figuring out right now is enforcement. Um, because the you know liquor and cannabis board officers that are writing citations for stores for selling illegal things don't necessarily even know what they're looking at mm-hmm. um, right now. So they're still... <coughs> A good, actually, I know for a fact that in Washington right now there are products with additives on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, as a consumer, right now, as we're getting it sorted out, it's really important to be an advocate for yourself. And if you're in the store, asking questions to your bud tenders about the product, seeing how much they know about mm-hmm. a vendor that they're, um, you know, selling to you, and. Um, I know a lot of bud tenders that are some of the smartest and most amazing people I know, but they are also educated by the vendors and the farmers too. So mm-hmm. there is a chance that there could be misinformation spread that way. Mm-hmm. Um, as a consumer, my advice right now would be to go straight to the vendors, straight to the farm, straight to the extraction facilities. And if you have any questions about what's in it, then ask them um and the ones who are willing to respond and say yep 100 percent cannabis or yep 100 percent compliant then um you know you, you're in a better position to make that judgment for yeah. yourself mm-hmm. um and just knowing about the different things that could exist yeah. in a vape cartridge, which now everybody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they listen to this a great Exactly. Podcast. Right. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, education, educate yourself and ask questions. And and then all, there's always, like, what can we do for to influence the politics of it? You know, or can we do letter writing? Who do we write a letter to? So <laughs> where can I send my email? <laughs> right. The legislature is going to be tasked with figuring this out. Um, in January. What you would want to start with is reaching out to the legislators that represent your district where you live. Um, If you go to myvotewa.gov, then you can look up what legislative district you live in. You can find out who your representatives are and who um, your senators are. So the folks who you want to reach out to are the Washington state legislators right now. Each district has um, two representatives and one senator. Um, That's where I would start. Um, It's just sharing with them your feelings about um, making sure that whatever happens with the vape crisis, that the cannabis businesses, these things are being considered in that process. Um, And keep an eye out for other news. Mm-hmm. as it gets closer. If you want to really get into it, we're going to be doing some lobbying, drive up to Olympia for the day, talk to some people, educate, <laughs> that sort of thing. Is this with the Cannabis Alliance that you're doing this? Or, um, or just personally? Personally, this year, uh, and then also at Lemon Haze. I don't know when this is in here. So maybe that oh, we're going to put it up quick. Okay. Yeah. Lemon you Haze is next week. Um, Thursday and Friday at the Tacoma Dome next week the 24th and 25th is a it's like the biggest 
joining together of the industry. It's, yeah. I, it's a trade show, essentially. Yeah. Cool. So Lemon Haze next week. Um, our booth at Lemon Haze is going to be focused around this, around educating about the vape crisis, about educating um, regarding craft cannabis. That's going to be another nice. part of the puzzle. Um, I'm working with a couple other folks. Well, actually, I've been trying to offer um, assistance with other folks that are leading efforts to add a definition for craft cannabis mm-hmm. to the um, Washington state law um, and differentiate What's craft cannabis? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's not a thing that's even Googleable. Oh my gosh. So broken Google. Is this like craft hemp or is it something different than craft oh. hemp? So as legalization in Washington happened, then there are different veins of players, right? There's different there's farms that are trying to mass produce and not to say that they don't have quality products Mm -hmm. um, but there's also folks who um, are more dedicated to the craft of cannabis Mm -hmm. right Um, so who are more interested in pheno hunting or Mm -hmm. the genetics or maybe they um, are just their extraction method is what they're really you know focusing on and trying to tone or not tone hone in on and whatnot mm-hmm. um so small businesses smaller operations for the most part and there are regulations that are in place that blanket both of those industries or both of those types of businesses that have you know maybe different goals and whatnot so this is a time that i would make the comparison to breweries and the in alcohol and beer um so think anheuser-busch versus mm-hmm. think your local brewery down the street. Um, And then most people will drink a Coors and it's fine. Um, But you also want to taste that, you know, those folks that are trying different sort of brewing methods Mm -hmm. and they're using different sort of hops and Mm -hmm. figuring out what mixes well with what, those sort of things that they're doing. um, They have different goals than what Coors is trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Craft cannabis, the first step is to defining that in Washington State as part of the um, legislation or part of the RCWs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think that there are some good things that um, could be implemented for businesses that qualify as a craft cannabis organization. One of the things people are talking about is how cool would it be to come to a lab and take a dab on site mm-hmm. or even just buy a dab on site yeah. at yeah. the place that made it yeah. and hear about the product from the dude who runs the machine or the dude who grows the plant or the mm-hmm. lady who runs the business so that's something that I think would be really cool um, on site sales yeah. um, for, yeah. for smaller places cool it would that would really spark like a that can of tourism, right? Like business. like a winery. Yeah, that's where I was like exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a perfect platform for us to educate, right? Mm-hmm. If I I have limited interaction um, as a producer processor face to face with 
the consumers. I do vendor days and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the stores. But if I was able to, you know, open our garage door one day a week and have a few products for sale and chat with people that are local mm-hmm. in the area, yeah. then that would be a really good opportunity to, um, you know, share our hearts and minds with the community. That's super cool. That is, yeah. What a good idea. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, my friend Micah, who works at Ravengrass, or is the owner of Ravengrass, um, is heading that That's effort. Cool. And oh, so I'm oh, yes, looking yeah. forward to hearing more from how that's going to roll out this session, too. Nice. Cool. Very interesting. I like that. Politics update with Tara Pitchford. I know. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. What else is going on in politics mm-hmm. in Last night, uh, um, last night was the Democratic debates in Ohio, mm-hmm. and when asked about the opioid crisis, Beto O'Rourke brought up cannabis descheduling wow. as part of the solution to the opioid crisis. Okay, Beto. Right, and so even though he's not my preferred candidate necessarily, um, that was just a really cool moment to hear that yeah. um, of the people who were left on the stage of the presidential candidates like we're at least in the room with one of them yeah. um it's, it was on a national stage yeah so that was hopeful cool. yeah moment for me. yeah Let's cool nice i did not watch the debates i have to yeah yeah i remember it i'm glad you are i know we <laughs> so need you. glad you are <laughs> so if you have any questions us. yeah yes I am not allowed to endorse anyone, though, because I have a role in the Democratic Party, and so we um, agreed to not publicly pick a Democratic candidate until after the primaries Mm -hmm. um, as to not create the false illusion that it's really yeah. I have any say in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not up to me here in Vancouver who's going to win, but I yeah. definitely don't need any undue influence. We won't shine the light. We will that. not. No <laughs> worry. Mom's the word, guys. Yeah. Mom's the word. For people who live in Washington, it might be um, important to bring up that this year is the first year where we will be voting by ballot for the presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, if that makes oh, sense. So as Washington State? As the as the Democrats in Washington State, because each party picks how they do it, um, whether they do a caucus um, or uh, a ballot. Oh, yes, yes. And up until this year, the Democratic Party has done a caucus. And so um, you physically had to come out to a dedicated site on a dedicated day mm-hmm. and pr- present I vote for, you know, this candidate or the other um, in order for Washington to send delegates to the national convention to pick who the nominee ends up being. Which is so limiting for a lot of Democrats. It it is super limiting. Um, And this last time that we did it in 2016, um, there was a huge turnout way more people than were expected um it was a little bit hectic to say the least and so yeah it was um definitely uh an eye-opener so since then um the last three years the washington state democratic party has been revisiting that process and this year they voted to officially change it so you'll get a ballot in the mail Cool. Absentee, just like everything else in Washington, when you can mail them. Cool. 
Me. Nice. So, where can we find you guys online? Do you want to um, plug your brand really quick? Oh, yeah. Brand plug. <laughs> um, so, LandraceLabs.com. That was our flagship brand. Um, and that's the, the website domain. Also on Instagram at LandraceLabs, W-A, at SauceBoss, W-A, at Grass Valley Farms, W-A, and at Landrace Farms. Those are uh, four different brands. We have two cartridge brands that we talked about. Um, if you live in town here in Clark County, you can get them at all of the herbary locations. And high five canvas. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, thanks again. Where do we find you if oh. you want to follow your, not, I mean, like the politics of it all? Oh, yeah. So my Instagram handle is cannablissful underscore living 360. That's kind of a mouthful. I should make a shorter one. So it's easier <laughs> to explain to people and things like this. But. Or you can just go to the Chrono Gals. Yeah. We'll yeah and them. like them or follow them if you're not already. And I'm sure that they have something <laughs> that tags me and that would be a much yeah. easier way to do it. Great technology. Yay. We'll put a link. We'll put a link in the we'll, show notes yeah, below. below. I'm pointing yeah. to the floor, but there's nothing for the bud tenders that are listening, um, we have our first two top tender courses up Ooh. on the top tender site. Uh, so you can learn about our company and our operation and stuff too. And I have a special prize for anybody who completes both of the courses. What's so the, the first, prize? Um, it's a pack of our brand pins. Ooh. Nice. So you get three pins nice. for um, the yeah different brand logos. Complete it, you guys. <laughs> Education is key. Yeah. Tell yeah. your friggin' customers what's what because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Stay informed to keep yeah. us informed. Please. Yeah, you are you guys Ask are literally questions. like the one line to most people's cannabis education are the bud tenders. Like no not a lot of people are going outside of the bud tender to learn about their weed. Yeah. Or about the brands that the bud tenders are selling. True story. But so, you can start with this podcast. Start here. Hey Tip your bud tenders. Yes. <laughs> yes. Put that in there too. Tips make the world go round. <laughs> literally. Seriously. Yeah. But you can find us if you like us um, at chroniggals420 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email at chroniggals at gmail.com. Um, rate, review, subscribe on all podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. We'll thanks for listening. Next time. Bye. 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 Apocalypse 2019. <laughs> we survived. We survived. <laughs> we will rebuild onto a better. World. Fate gate. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> Ow. Bong rips and pizza chips. Bong rips and pizza chips. Bong rips and pizza chips. Bong rips and pizza chips.